Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. I'm very excited. Today we have Jamila Jamil with us. You know her from The Good Place. You know her from her activism. You know her from her Twitter account. You know that she's incredible. We had such great conversation about body positivity, her dealing with the world in general. Also, she had kidney stones the whole time that she was here and she's such a goddamn champion. It was so lovely having her. Enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Jamila well thank you for being here thank you for having me uh amidst all of the adversity that is <laughs> constantly trying to kibosh this i'm curious in in talking about twitter you have an interesting relationship with it. Oh, we're going straight in with Twitter. Well, oh, no, I mean, no, no, <laughs> dude, I have such a strange relationship. I, with I do too, and I've fallen off from using Twitter so much in the last like year or so because it. But I still look at it constantly. I still look at it for information. I look at it for news. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very impressed by your ability to be so uh, candid mm-hmm. on Twitter, and I wonder how that's changed or grown in the last like few months or a year uh I don't know I don't think I have grown uh I I think I just look I have I have mixed results on Twitter uh overwhelmingly I think it's been a positive impact I've had Mm -hmm. uh and you've got to admit there's way less diet teas and shit detoxes being sold uh, on social media our faves have stopped peddling laxatives to us as much I've made it globally embarrassing but I okay talk me through that moment of you deciding that you're actually going to post something against this kind of wave of you know superficial products being pushed on everyone I started like eight years ago uh when I got fat shamed back in England because I used to be a TV host there. Yeah. And so uh, I was currently on the radio at the time and people became obsessed with my weight. And I was like, I'm on the fucking radio. radio. You can't even see me. (laughs) What do you, like, why do you need to just know I'm thin over the airwaves? It wasn't even filmed. Wow. Um, So anyway, so so I've been talking about this for years, but the diet and detox tea thing wasn't mainstream until 2018. Suddenly it became mainstream and it became acceptable and it became part of quote unquote wellness culture. And so I I think it was a Kim K post that I saw where she was pushing like appetite suppressant lollipops and the advertising (laughs) was all, you know, targeted towards young girls and Mm -hmm. pink and everything about it just offended me. And so I didn't have a very big following and I did tell her to fuck off, which was a bit... (laughs) It was, it was a little bit so abrasive. I, I question my abrasive language, but I don't question what I did. Yeah, in retrospect, sure. The choice of language could have been um, different, but I think the intention behind the message yeah. is valuable. Absolutely. But look, I, I also... I So while I do good on Twitter, and I think that I help to make women feel seen and different people feel seen or I uh, think that I'm able to make people feel less alone in their own uh, mistakes Mm -hmm. because I've made so many of my own and I'm so open about them. I also know that I fuck up sometimes and that just comes from the fact that I am ignorant and I'm always going to be ignorant a bit and I'm always going to be trying to undo that and trying to learn. Um, and And I just wish that I would think before I tweet <laughs> more often. But I just, I, I I guess since I I had a nervous breakdown when I was younger and since then I kind of made a deal with myself that if I was going to stay on this earth and mm-hmm. not kill myself, yeah. um, I was just going to be uh, honest all the time about everything that I thought. That's I think that's very refreshing, especially when it comes from a place you can tell with you that your intentions are good, that your yeah. message means well and you have no intention of trying to hurt or belittle any sort of or marginalize any sort of group that you're really about no. inclusive, inclusivity and that resonates but I'm also a comedian and a fucking idiot sometimes <laughs> you know so it's like it's, it, it's all like having all the passion and the good intention and having a a comedic yeah. mind and being a fucking idiot as a cocktail <laughs> is a nightmare. I, 
but <laughs> the nightmare, but also I find it so enjoyable because I'm like, this is a real human woman. Like, yeah, well, that's just it. That's what it is. It's just like, you know what? Men get away with shit all the time. Yeah. They say whatever they want. <laughs> they do whatever they want. They beat whoever the want, fuck they want up. And we just let them, mm-hmm. we just let them get on. Whereas with women, we kind of, we have put this pressure on women just to feel as though we have to be at all times omniscient, all nurturing, all forgiving and perfect yeah and i don't subscribe to that i believe in the sort of natalie portman theory of fuck up and thrive yeah and so i believe in being allowed to be fallible i believe Mm -hmm. in being allowed to make mistakes i don't believe in being embarrassed about ignorance if you're doing everything you can in your power to undo it Mm -hmm. and i and sometimes that's the best example I like being unfiltered, especially as a brown woman. I feel like it's really important that young mm-hmm. people see that you're allowed to say whatever shit comes into your head sometimes. Obviously, don't be a bigot or an arsehole. Sure. But uh, I think that we just need to be able to get everything off our chest. And also, women in particular, I think, are less practiced than men mm-hmm. at saying there's no how we feel about things publicly. Yeah. And then when when you're seeing a woman that is outspoken or does speak her mind, it's like blanketed in this negativity from people that like it's too much. Oh yeah, I get called a bit much all the time and I fucking am. <laughs> if there was a cool way to master being able to change, yeah. to create like mass change, mm-hmm. someone would have done it by now. Right? Everyone who's ever created change has been fucking annoying at the yeah. time for everyone around them. That's very true. Um, and so I am annoying, but I also like, I'm not really interested in popularity. I'm not, I didn't yeah. get into this to make friends. I've got 12 friends. Like Jesus. Um, I don't need any more friends. I don't need the internet to like me. I just need change to happen so that if I choose to have kids, they're not going to walk into this shit show that we are in. That's really refreshing and nice to hear, especially it's just a freeing sensation to to just be authentically yourself because in the position that you're in right now, I can see the pressures of it going either way of like having to... Um, give messages that are super polished and very, you know, like unrealistic Mm -hmm. in a way or very conservative in a way. And it's nice to see you just ripping off band-aids and being like, fuck it, this is how I am. This is what I think. And I'm going to let you know and take it or leave it. And I try stuff out. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to see where a conversation's going to go. I'm a maniac. No, I'll that's... just tweet something divisive <laughs> and just see what's going to happen. Do um, you, when you wake up in the morning and you look at your phone, like we all do. I was burped. I'm sorry, did you hear that? Because I think I heard it in the I didn't hear it, but congratulations. <laughs> your body is processing a lot of things right now. <laughs> uh, when you wake up in the morning and you look at your phone for the first time, what's the first thing you do on it? Do you go to Twitter? Do you check Instagram? Do you not look at your phone first thing in the morning? Uh, I think I do look at my phone first thing in the morning and I normally check Twitter moments because yeah. that's my news source. Same. Yeah, I do and the exact same I'm thing. I'm a, a Neanderthal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, feel- um, I did want to say something though about outspoken women, or yeah. not even just outspoken women, just the, I wanted to know your take on this. The, mm-hmm. We have a cycle. Yeah, like a, a a cycle, a lifeline for women of about a year and a half to two years of popularity. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed we, with everyone across the board mm. that unless a woman disappears into obscurity, uh, she will be dragged to within an inch of her life. And it doesn't have to be someone outspoken like myself or mm-hmm. someone uh, who challenges a, the monarchy like Meghan Markle. It yeah. could also just be Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. who made a couple of speeches that people didn't like yeah. and she was torn a new asshole by the internet she was kind of the first ridiculous cancellation that we really saw yeah and then jennifer lawrence everyone was like she's so funny and relatable oh my god she's just like us and then a year and a half later it Ugh, why is she trying to be so funny and relatable all the time she's not like us she's yeah. faking falling over and the vitriol and the hatred yeah. towards her was so interesting and so when i was on my come up like t- over the last two years and i mm-hmm. started seeing articles like she's the feminist hero we need uh, i was like oh no uh-oh. I, because oh, this, this is, a, is exactly what you don't fucking want. This you don't is the want narrative to be, you can't control. Yeah, you get put on this pedestal that you haven't climbed up onto yourself. Right. And you get hyper overexposed. Mm-hmm. And then you are at such a height that is perfect for being kicked off of and falling all the way down. So thankfully for me, I don't take any of this shit personally. As That's soon great. as I was on the come up, I was like, well... This is going to be here we go fucking brutal when this ends. <laughs> but I was always ready for it, so that's why I've never altered my behaviour. I still speak like a a sort of inmate. On but the loose. I, but the fact that you've even thought about that, the fact that you've kind of uh, pinpointed that 
theory and that ideology of the lifeline, the lifeline of a popular woman, right? That you've had. I think a lot of people get um, surprised by it because they haven't thought in those terms before, like Mm -hmm. seeing it almost from the outside and knowing. And then when it's like bestowed upon you, you know exactly what this is. Um, I'm not crazy though. That's right. No, you're not crazy. I think Nicki Minaj, like. I think you're just a social noticer. I think you've watched and like, because your background, right? You've been mm-hmm. in radio, you've talked about pop culture, you've been, you've I written. I was a journalist when I was younger. Right. Yeah. You've written in magazines. So I think you have an innate ability to see social trends, to see how like the hive mind works mm-hmm. in a way, which is really valuable and I think helpful for you to keep that. Um, that like ability to distance yourself and not take on all of the hate that you might Well, I didn't take on any of the love either. When the love was coming at me, I was just like, nope, it's not real. And so when the hate comes in, it's the same thing. It's just like, it's all... Well, I think you're grounded. I think that grounds you in a sense that you're... see yourself as a real person. You have humility to yourself. You don't take yourself so seriously, but you are, that doesn't take away from your passion about ideas and thoughts and messages. Yeah. And I think that you can't teach that. So kudos to you for developing that over time. Uh, I'm messy and I embrace my own mess. But I think that's the message to young women that is so valuable. Because when I was growing up, I mean, I read that you were very shy growing Mm -hmm. up and I was too. Mm -hmm. And I was very insular and very afraid of like social situations and that sort of thing. And I didn't have anyone to idolize that was messy, that was like still quote unquote thriving. Everyone was perfect. It was also, you know, I grew up pre-internet, like internet was just get mm-hmm, developing. Same. How old are you? I'm 34. Same. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was a, the same kind of timeline of as it develops and you have more accessibility to see people's real lives and to see and for celebrities to access, you know, the real world more mm-hmm. directly, then you start to see all of these like fallible things about people um, for better or worse, if that like resonates with you in some way. Uh I feel awful for the the limelight that gets thrust on you as soon as you start speaking your mind about something mm-hmm. that now you are the champion activist for well, all women. But they do they I know oh it's just so <laughs> ridiculous. But also I I think the tear down the takedown with outspoken women like Tarana Burke or mm-hmm. uh myself or any activist like Greta Thunberg mm-hmm. um I think that is mostly to send a message to other women yeah uh, around the world of like don't speak out cuz it's a control thing. Yeah, don't speak out because we'll 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 go and we'll humiliate you we'll write smear campaigns against you like I have crazy rumors about me on the fucking internet my family get dragged into that shit like Uh, there are pictures of my disabled family members with them being ridiculed and like all over the internet because they'll do anything at any cost to shut me up because I speak effectively about uh an industry that's worth billions of dollars, the diet mm-hmm. industry that funds the media industry. And I also right. talk a lot about abortion. I'm pro-choice. Mm-hmm. And this is a big year yeah. for us making sure that we maintain women's rights yeah. in the United States. And so they want to shut any anyone who's, you know, Greta threatens the oil industry right. and the it's plastic industry. So, you know, you've you've so they they try to tear you apart to make you an example for other women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, not, don't even try. Yeah, it's yeah. really interesting. And so I guess that's kind of why I just feel that it is my duty to continue. Well, good, to because I feel like the amount be a of... a fucking nightmare. But that makes me so happy to hear in a way because a lot of people would, you know, bend to all of that pressure and bend to all of that hate and bend to all of that, like, you know, negativity put on you to shut you up. Mm-hmm. And instead your ability to kind of look at it humorously because that's I've been making stuff on the internet for 12 years now mm-hmm. and so every possible terrible thing has been said in a comment somewhere about me um and it you know affects you on certain days and some days it's easier to look at it mm-hmm. and realize like oh hurt people hurt people like this yeah. is coming from a place of insecurity or negativity or something like that and I can distance myself from that and look at this like it's really funny that this angry man took this time to photoshop this image like this like <laughs> and then when I imagine them sitting in their computer in the dark like doing crude photoshop I'm like that's 
just purely ridiculous. So I can't take offense to this because no. like you clearly have some other deeper shit going on that I can't fix yeah, for you. I used to troll celebrities when I was younger. Did you? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was fucking already like famous as well. Like I was like a teenager in the dark. I was uh, 22 and I used to talk shit about people all the time. Sure. Miley Cyrus, Drake, Rihanna, like even the queen herself, Beyonce. I used to talk shit <laughs> about people all the time because I I was mentally ill. Yeah. I was unwell. I was, I was sad. I was angry. Sad. I was angry. I was overcoming trauma. And, you know, mm-hmm. you would just, you would look at these incredibly privileged people and just think, well, they're not going to read this. Right, right. No, <laughs> they're they- not going to see my article, my stupid Ugh. hot take on their Me- music video. Like, and then you get here and you and meet you, them uh-huh. in person and, and like, you realize, oh, oh my God, you're a real human being <laughs> yeah. with the real feelings and you see it all. And now that I am the victim of like similar trolling stuff, like mm. I I just think I fucking deserve it. The karma I, comes yeah, back. Man, my fucking karma. <laughs> I deserve this shit. <laughs> so, as long as you're so learning. I remember what headspace I was in. Yeah. And so I know I know what it's like just to be angry and to have nowhere to direct it. So you direct it where you think it's not actually going to hurt anyone. Right. But it does no, fucking hurt people. It adds. It piles on to the situation. Yeah. yeah. But that's kudos for you for recognizing that and admitting that. Because <laughs> I think a lot of the people that still struggle with shitting on people, it's because they haven't recognized or like admitted that they're sad or they're in a bad place. I I, I know that we're not supposed to get too deep. It's but, whatever. But to get incredibly real, uh-huh. one of the things that I used to do is I didn't know what slut shaming was. I thought slut shaming when I was younger was just mm-hmm. saying a woman couldn't have as much sex as a man. Mm. Whereas I've always thought women should have as much sex as they possibly can right. with as many people as they can. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, but I used to be quite slut shaming about like the way that I would discuss women who mm. would always be uh, very nude in their videos and the men mm-hmm. would be fully clothed. And I didn't know how to perfectly articulate my feeling. And my feeling was really just, why are the women always doing it and the men get to wear full, fully clothed? Why yeah. am I not seeing some balls? I want to see right. some balls. I want to see some shaft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want pubes. Equal like, opportunity I, nudity. Yeah, exactly. That's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> I just wanted some balls. Yeah. But I articulated it also thinking I was being funny in this very slut shamey way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I was hurt I was angry with women who had sexualized themselves now yeah. a year before I started speaking out about that sort of stuff I'd been raped mm, okay and so there was something switched on in me where after that happened where I I, I, I just I lost control of myself I started to feel so mad mm-hmm. at women who I would see sexualizing themselves and I started to blame them mm. for the reason that I was so heavily sexu- sexualized right. by men, even if I wasn't projecting anything sexual, right. that they'd whipped men into a frenzy to think that we're all just like hoping for sex all mm. the time or we are all just sexual objects and nothing more. That was completely unfair of me. Yeah, I was just young, ignorant, yeah. traumatized, and that's how it came out. And so I think we're seeing just, we're going to see so much trauma play out on the internet in the Mm -hmm. next four months. Oh, that's because now the state of the world, everyone in their quarantine has nothing to do but face themselves and have access to the internet. And they're also losing their jobs Mm -hmm. and they're potentially not going to be able to put their kids through college or they're going to lose their homes. Like people I know can't even make rent right now. They can't pay for their health insurance. It's like, the the, ra- the global rage pandemic mm-hmm. is the next one that's coming straight after Corona. People I, are going to be so angry. There's gonna yeah, there's gonna be a lot. I, that's what I was worried about yesterday. I was talking to some friends and just like the scope of the mm, affecting the scope of it affecting everyone's mental health. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious about uh, and a little scared for. Um, it's going to be like the fucking purge. Yeah, yeah in uh, a way, com- yeah. And completely understandably, because yeah. they've been fa- so many people were failed by their governments, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's going. It's uh, Twitter's going to be a really dangerous place, I think, over the next couple of months. And people have been tweeting me, being like, "You're being awful quiet right now," and I'm like, "Yeah, man, I'm just fucking." <laughs> I'm I'm deal. I'm a I'm, human dealing with my reaction to what's happening in the world. But right also, now. I'm not stupid. Like yeah. this is an inflammatory time mm-hmm. where if you get on the wrong side of people. People, yeah. uh, as we've seen a couple of people uh, in uh, 
in privilege do this week? Yeah, there's been a lot of, even the Imagine video that went up yesterday. The Vanessa Hudgens thing. The Vanessa Hudgens thing, which also blew my mind because that was a post that was live streamed and then apologized for all within the scope of like three hours. Yeah. So that was like every major celebrity's publicist is like at home being like, oh no, don't go live. Don't go live. You don't have a script and how do we control yeah. what your message is to everyone? But it's just like, I'm just... I'm just going to observe because right now this is a very emotional time for people. Well, you've also been doing in parallel with, you know, the The activism, hairy stuff. Yeah, well, (laughs) handling, I mean, you have a new podcast coming out and this episode will go up before your new podcast comes out. Um, Can you tell us like the the scope of the podcast? So two years ago, I started a movement called I Weigh Mm -hmm. and it was weirdly a movement that I started accidentally in defense of the Kardashians. Mm. What's happened to our relationship since? It's a surprise to me. <laughs> what a um, dance you I guys saw, have been doing. I saw this picture of them, uh, all, all the whole family, uh-huh. all the women of the family, mm-hmm. with numbers written across their body, and the numbers weren't how uh, much money they've earned or you know what they've achieved. It was just uh-huh. how much they weigh. And once I clicked on that one picture, because the algorithm suddenly thousands more pictures mm-hmm. started to turn up on my explore page on Instagram of yeah. Selena Gomez, how much she weighs, Taylor Swift, how much she weighs. Huh. There's probably a picture of you and how much you weigh. Right. I found a picture of me and my fake weight. Oh God! And so I tried to find pictures of men that had the same uh, uh, numbers written across their bodies and I couldn't. If you're not a UFC fighter, no one cares about how much you weigh. <laughs> no one explicitly, no one cares. Yeah. So uh, I one day tweeted what I weigh out into the world. I was mm-hmm. like, I weigh my financial independence, my orgasms my mm-hmm. uh friendships my yeah. you know activism whatever and it started a movement that i thought would last about three weeks like the ice bucket challenge <laughs> and now two years later we have a million followers on instagram wow. and it's completely global and uh, recognized by the royal family in the uk and Amazing. the government and we're changing global policies and we're starting to work on bills to change actual legislation uh to protect young people from things Things like diet products and Photoshop and uh, height and weight discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Instagram account is only so much, there's only so much I can get out there. So I've decided to expand the Instagram account into a YouTube channel, which is launching in a couple of weeks. Great. God help me. <laughs> and uh, I know. <laughs> um, and, uh, and a podcast. And so Great. it's the I Weigh podcast that we're starting uh, that's great imminently and it's got people like Roxanne Gay and uh, Gloria Steinem and Amazing. Uh, Neil Brennan uh, my friend that's uh, so cool yeah Ashling B so it's just full of funny and smart and inspiring people that's great and it also must be nice for you because you know on social media we have to curate our messages within such a capacity that to be able to just speak uneditedly and ask questions freely on a, something like a podcast must be a really nice platform. Well, yeah. And also it's a, it's basically a mental health podcast. People think that I Weigh is a body positive movement because of its beginnings, but mm-hmm. really it's just become a, a, a mass uh, mental health movement. And That's it, great. You know, we talk about LGBTQ and disability and, and all kinds of different things and race. And so my being able to talk about shame and mental illness with all these inspiring people is just going to teach me because I'm fucking ignorant <laughs> and I need to learn. And so if I'm going to learn, I think it's selfish to do it privately so I can just there come out go. and impress everyone with how intelligent I am. <laughs> I'd rather learn yeah. with everyone else yeah. and we can all, uh, you know, herd education. I think know. that's great. You're including everyone in the educational process of it all. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. How have the episodes been going so far? Good. I mean, look, I don't listen to any podcasts because I haven't had any time for, yeah, for you've been y- busy. years. I've been on podcasts. I've not listened to them. So I don't actually know if it's any good. <laughs> I, I like I've That's enjoyed fair. doing it, but I have nothing to compare it to. Okay. Um and so I hope it's gonna be good. I've enjoyed the chats. I learned a lot. Good. So if this was just my own personal hobby <laughs> Uh, then that's okay. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, but uh, the some of them have been incredibly moving. That's and, great. Uh, I, I I like it. Good. So. And that's all that matters because yeah. that resonates. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we have more Not Too Deep. We'll be right back. Not Too Deep. With Grace Halbeck. You and your boyfriend are adorable. You're Thanks. very sweet. And you tweeted out something that resonated with me hard the other day about 
during this quarantine, you have to really like the person that you're with, not just love. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is very true. Like, I love my boyfriend, but I also like him a lot. And that makes this situation a lot easier to to deal with. Oh, it's going to be like the Hunger Games. (laughs) It's going to be awful. There's going to be such a big divorce boom at the end of this. Oh, that's what I said the day two into quarantine. I was like, do you know how many people are breaking up right now because they literally uh, can't deal with the other person that they're with right now? Yeah. It's fascinating. So how did you guys meet each other? You've been together five years? We were both DJs. You were both DJs. We were both DJs and we met at BBC Radio 1 in the live lounge and became friends. And then I was... Uh, just about to move to Los Angeles and I was telling him that and he was like, no way. I'm also moving to Los Angeles Wow! in February. And I was like, wow, that's so crazy. Uh-huh. And I only found out uh, about six months later that was a lie. He'd really? never intended on moving to Los Angeles. He just panicked and said whatever he had to say so that wow. I would keep hanging out with him. And then uh, when I moved, he moved over with me. Really? Yeah. And never left. And you moved in together when you moved over yep. here? Wow. Pretty a, much. What a love story. Yeah. We hung out. We were just living in each other's pockets. And so, uh, yeah, that was it. We uh, He was living in uh, Rick Rubin's studio. Cool. And so I went and stayed there with him and then we fell in love. That's amazing. But um, we are best friends and we started as best friends. You can tell that you guys are, are buds. Like, yeah. that's really sweet to see that. And it makes sense that you started out as friends first and then like love developed. It was like that feeling, you know, when you meet someone at school mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, we're, we're going to have lunch together yeah. every day. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 you're, uh, you're one of my people. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's that feeling of relief. Uh-huh. That's the feeling I got when wow. I met him. And so uh, so it's just I'm stuck indoors with my best bud. What a tragedy. And he's got Fortnite <laughs> and I've got Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, how's it been? Have you guys developed a situation? Do you... Uh, any code words of like needing space? No, we. This is how we live anyway. Like we're both <laughs> two. Like nothing's we're changed. English introverts. Like this is just. This is quarantine. Is just a weekend. It's an right, extended right. weekend. You've been prepping for this unintentionally for years. My whole life. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so no, we are fine, and you know, we're just we we really like each other. Oh, that's great. We're really funny if. Uh, at the end of this video, <laughs> yeah, one of us is murdered. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to cut out a big section of this podcast when it goes yeah. up. Um, how's it been? Because you guys have been together through this whole like trajectory that mm. you've had. Um, how has that been for the relationship? Fine. I mean, he's just super supportive That's and great. he's really got my back and he's been learning a lot. Uh, I guess he has been learning to understand his own privilege and mm-hmm. understand how to be an ally and and learn about other experiences and read uh, different books by writers that he hadn't yet read before. And so I think it's just been fun and we've both been learning together. And I think he finds it more painful than I do when the internet tries to tear me a new asshole. But <laughs> he started to learn that I really don't give a fuck. Oh, but that's so, nice for him to be so supportive. Oh, he's so sweet. He's like going through all of the comments, like, <laughs> triggering himself. <laughs> Just working himself up yeah. into a frenzy. Yeah. Um, but no, he's he's a great ally and I think we just have each other's backs and it's been a very, it's been a crazy couple of years for both of our careers and yeah. it's really great to go through this as with a witness to your life. That's I, That must be so anchoring in a way yeah. to have that person that you've met before, you know, everything kind of started to steamroll and then for him to still be there and supportive um, is really sweet. Take us through the, you didn't do much acting before. Zero acting. Zero. Yeah. So how, take us through the, the, how did, how did it happen? How did acting happen for you then? I did not have sex with anyone. If that's what you're asking. Not at all. That didn't even cross my mind. (laughs) I'm the only person who would fuck my way to the bottom. Uh, (laughs) I, um, I was signed as a writer to Three Arts. Three Arts were making The Good Place. They needed an overly tall, annoying uh, English Indian. And there <laughs> and you, I was. You went through your list of characteristics. Yeah, and I, guess, I was like, yes. yeah, tick, tick, tick. Uh, and so they sent me for the audition. I didn't think I should go because I don't have any acting experience. And I heard Ted Danson was in it. And I was like, this is... <laughs> This is not That's acceptable. It's unacceptable. <laughs> um, but they uh, emotionally blackmailed me into going. <laughs> and so I was like, fuck it, I'll get to meet Mike Sher. I went. Yeah. I uh, I got, I had to audition with Mike. Wow. 
for 15 minutes. Wow. And he was like, you can do improv, right? And I was, I did a kind of Fanny Bryce, can I do improv? Uh, and I, I, uh, I had to improv with the the great and iconic Mike Schur for wow. about 10 to 15 minutes in order to get that role. Not intimidating at all. Just terrifying. Terrifying. Wow. And he was so great and supportive and wonderful and that maintained for the whole time on The Good Place. But I don't know why he gave me that job. There were women <laughs> who were much more famous and and interesting and talented up uh, for that role who would have been way less messy on Twitter. <laughs> um, but I I got it and I just did my best to keep up. Amazing. I mean, that's so, I mean, once you're in that whirlwind, I'm sure it's hard to like see from the outside how everything is going. Oh yeah. It's been crazy for you guys. How? I mean, it's just ended. So like, how has the trajectory been? Like, have you had a second to reflect on all of it or is it just like everything? No, is- it's all bullshit, isn't it? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm very lucky for the things that I have and the things that I get to do, but none of this means anything. Mm. And I, I I also, I've had uh, chronic health conditions since I was a kid. And yeah. I think that there's something about that that sets your perspective differently to other people. Mm. Where really just basic health, like no matter what award I'm winning or what party I get to go to, I still wake up in pain every day. I still go to bed every yeah. night in pain and swollen. Like I, so my, my gauge of what happiness or success or good things are mm-hmm. relies mostly on my health and my mental health. Wow. So you can so separate. Kind of like, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. But it's also just an industry that's full of a lot of very strange people. <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, yes, you know what I, I mean? do. Jesus Christ. It's, um, yeah, I'm a fellow introvert. So like you're going out to parties and award shows and things like that. I'm like, God bless you. I don't know. Those situations. Where there's a two hour queue for the red carpet. Oh, yeah. Have you had like, do, are there any standout party stories that you or situations that you've been in? Uh, I mean, there's one. I talked about it, I think, on a on a chat show, but okay. um, I I went to the big Oscar party, the UTA Oscar party. Uh-huh. I'm with UTA, yeah. and um, so I was allowed to be there. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm with this this was pre this was pre the good place, so uh-huh. no one knew who I was. Uh, everyone just thought I was an overconfident cleaner. <laughs> uh, and I, I was sort of walking up to A list celebrities, <laughs> trying to just start small talk. <laughs> sort I mean, of hand me a glass, or hand me that empty plate. <laughs> Um, so, so after a while, I just sort of fucked off to the buffet, which is always where you have to go mm-hmm. as an introvert yeah. uh, and just eat your feelings. Yeah. And I saw loads of delicious steaks. I had one, I, it was one of the best steaks I'd ever had. Went back and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to, I have no money. I'm going to put these in my freezer. <laughs> so I piled 10 steaks, one on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other. I was standing in a queue. I had Gwyneth Paltrow in front of me. Edward Norton behind me <laughs> and Gwyneth turned around at one point and looked at me and I was just like Atkins <laughs> and then she gave me a beam of such approval really? and just turned back around and went about her day so I then took the uh, steaks into the garden and I just flipped them over into a cloth napkin bound up the napkin wow. uh, because the steaks were bloody so it yeah. just sort of like creates a glue yeah. and then I shoved the steak uh mound okay uh, under my uh skirt in between my thighs and just As started to slowly waddle on my way out of the party and I was waddling so fast and so nervously because I could feel the blood starting to drip down oh my, my inner thigh so it looked like I'd come on the worst period of my yeah. life and uh I accidentally knocked over Al Pacino <gasps> And then I, uh, the steak sort of like flew out from under my legs across the floor with this blood streak across the floor. Oh my God. And I went and just grabbed the steaks, didn't even address Al, uh, (laughs) grabbed the steaks, uh, got up and uh, ran out of the party and then texted the people who'd taken me just saying, hey uh, guys, sorry, I had to run home. There was an emergency, um, but I hope they catch that weird guy who knocked over Al And then on my way out, I bumped into the lead singer of Muse, who I used to know from being an interviewer back in uh-huh. England. And he was like, hey, um, do you want to come to this party with me? It's like Leonardo DiCaprio and Rihanna are having a party. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I'd love to. But I've just been through so much to get these 
days. <laughs> and I went home and uh, ate them on my own. Wow. But they lasted like two weeks. I put them in the freezer because I'm not an you. idiot. And <laughs> That's a, an incredible life hack for people to know. Um, what steel party, steel party yeah, food put it in the freezer? If no one's eating them, they're just going to go in the garbage. Oh, it's so devastating. And no one does eat them, especially at Hollywood parties because yeah. everyone's been on a diet since the 80s. Right. And everyone's wearing something so expensive that they even thought of getting dripped on in any way is yeah. insane. Um, but that makes me very proud of you. <laughs> like that, that takes a lot of guts to follow through with that mission. I, I think know. I would have uh, just canceled it at some point. I know. <laughs> Probably the owl push. There's, <laughs> no, there's almost nothing I wouldn't do for food. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. Look how far you've come. I yeah. hope nothing changes. Well, I don't think it ever will. I think it's still the thing that that uh, rouses my interest the most. Any given supermarket, that's my happy place. Oh, it's the amazing. good place for me would be a giant supermarket. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a preference over UK supermarkets versus American supermarkets? Uh, I think the candy in America is trash. Really? I'm sorry. Wow. And the chocolate is disgusting as well. (laughs) Fucking disgusting. Really? Corn syrup is the devil. Mm, mm -hmm. And I just it just tastes too sweet. The Mm -hmm. stuff here is too sweet. Too sweet. Um, but Candy aside, because I think England have got that. We've got that down. Our biscuits are perfect. (laughs) Uh, we we have nailed moderation of sugar. Uh Uh-huh. But I think I am, I'm just into the American supermarket way. Oh, yeah. I'm totally into it. The aisles are bigger. There's more there's variety. Everything. It's so exciting. <laughs> I've, I don't think I've ever felt more fulfilled than I did, <laughs> than I do walking around American supermarkets. It's like a theme park. Oh, I mean, they're bringing back Supermarket Sweep. I feel like you'd be a great contestant oh for that God, show. Oh, my God. I want to host that show. Yeah. It's uh, uh, it's one of my favorite game shows growing up as a kid that I'm just like, oh, I can't believe they're finally bringing it back. Yeah. It's way overdue. If there's ever a time we needed it, it's now. Yeah, yeah please. <laughs> also, great. Also, it just it looked like supermarket sweep, like oh, every fucking supermarket said, we've gone past. Yeah, the other day I was like, yeah, this is like they took the six hams and the six turkeys. Everyone's taking their maximum amount of everything. The Are you into a Great British Baking Show? No, I was on it once. Okay, how was that? That was bad. It was a bad day. <laughs> I hate. I hated it. <laughs> I can't even. Baking to me is way out of my league. I know my limits. That's. Uh, it's too precise. It's too uh, scientific. I think the me. Guardian maybe did ten the ten worst moments of the Bake Off, and I was four of them. <laughs> 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 Well, you should be proud I of that. I set fire to everything. My my dessert was the dessert first dessert in the history of the Bake Off deemed unsafe for Mary Berry to eat. Uh, That's uh, an amazing honor. I had a full on meltdown during that show. Like it really pushes there's... you, and you start. To, and I'd never baked before. Oh, see, that's... I don't really know how much experience I'd had with an oven because I've always been right. more of a micro- microwave gal. Uh, I make eggs in the microwave. You make eggs in the microwave? Wait, how? not now, but I, I did. I did for many years. Okay. Um, which explains my brain. That's um, great. Yeah, I, uh, you just, oh, this is so disgusting. I'm so sorry. You put a little bit of olive oil in uh-huh. and uh, you put the eggs in, you uh-huh. beat the eggs and then you pop it in the microwave, 20 seconds, take it out, stir it around again and you get it's- really fluffy. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I believe you. I'm actually might go home and try this. Yeah. It's very curious. It's probably deeply carcinogenic, yeah. but it's uh, it's it's how I it's how I I don't know. Amazing. It's how I survived my teens. I feel like there's a cookbook in, in the horizon on the horizon. Yeah, for the world you. needs more more of me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. But what is, what what's next? A lot of people want want to know what's next. I know you're working on the podcast that's coming out. I don't know. It's a fucking apocalypse. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is next. Uh, I guess what's next is we have all this great content coming out on YouTube that mm. is uh, just full of the most interesting and inspiring young activists and doctors and surgeons cool. and therapists. And we're talking about sex and gender affirmation surgeries and wow. and mental health and the environment and everything so I think that's really cool that's coming out and the podcast and then I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can write a book good it feels like the right time I just feel like I'm gonna get in so much trouble <laughs> Uh, but, but at least you might have an editor that can help uh, hone. No one can curtail this. <laughs> um, but I'm, yeah, so I guess I guess writing is something I want to do. And also the show that got me signed in America 
is a show that I want to start working on again to maybe write. Amazing. What else are we going to do? Well, you came out here as a writer. Right? That's what I mean. So yeah. I think I'm going to finally write and Great. so, you know, take try and take this moment to work out how I can service other people's needs and then also be creative myself. That's great. I haven't had very much time to be creative because yeah, activism takes a fucking lot of time. <laughs> I can't imagine. And it takes up so much brain space too that the creative part of your brain has to kind of sit dormant for a second. Well, yeah. And also you just feel responsible for so many different people and so many different problems and there's yeah. just always more problems and mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once you speak out on one thing, other people want you to speak out on everything. Yeah. And it just, it's it's been very, very stressful. To manage all um, of that. Yeah. And so, you know. I'm well, what gonna... do you do to de-stress? Like, what do you watch if you have time to watch things? Oh, I just watched the best TV show on Netflix called Feel Good. Oh, oh, it's so good. I haven't started it. It's I exceptional. It yesterday. It's really? exceptional. Exceptional. Okay. Perfect. I, I'm the... giving it a 10 out of 10. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What's the premise? It's the premise is just... A young female gay comedian uh, okay. getting into a relationship with a straight girl and just how they're mastering that relationship. Wow. Uh, it's by Mae Martin and it's just that the performances are just stunning. Lisa Kudrow's in it. Oh, awesome. Uh, which is incredible. And so I'm watching that. The Comeback, Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, Crashing by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, mm-hmm. which is incredibly funny, but maybe only two Londoners. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and re-watching Fleabag, re-watching mm-hmm. episodes. I'm just going to fill my brain with other people's iconic content that's from the past. good yeah. yeah i've been filling my brain with trash i've been watching nothing but reality tv lately and so i need love some, is blind oh i that yeah went through that in like a day i just started watching <laughs> i found out about this british dating show um called five guys a week and oh. it's, yeah i literally i was i went to london uh, a couple weeks ago for my boyfriend's birthday and was so desperate to watch love is blind because we had started it before we left and they didn't have it in the uk on the servers over there that i like downloaded an ip scrambler for my computer that said that i was in america when i was over there so i could watch on netflix it was very desperate times but now with that i can get this british television now and it's five guys a week the premise is a woman invites five guys to sleep at her house for a week as she figures out which one she has a love connection with. Oh my with. God, England. Just... <laughs> but I will oh. say that British reality television somehow handles this desperate dating scenario with more tact than American uh, right. dating shows. So there's something more like, oh, I don't feel the desperation like seething off of these people right now. There's something a little well, bit also more everything's tongue. Also, everything's yes. tongue in cheek. And us. everyone's like, very direct. Like people will say exactly what they're feeling in a way. And then it, it, these conversations get handled so quickly rather yeah. than these like passive aggressive comments that happen all the time right. like, in, in conversations in American television. Well, we despise positivity. Yeah. <laughs> and tact. Yeah. And care. But uh, I appreciate how direct <laughs> everyone is because of that. I'm like, wow, he just said exactly what he thinks and she responded exactly how she thinks. I love it. It's great. Uh, But our our TV, like the way that American people talk about our reality TV shows when they go over there, like I think there was a show called Maybe Naked Attraction where you put people in booths Mm -hmm. and so you have, I don't know, I've never seen it, but I've heard about it at like 10 or 12 booths, I think around and someone... uh, someone has to choose which person they want from all these different booths. And how it works is I believe a door comes up slowly Uh but surely. So you're judging everyone based on their feet, then their knees. You're seeing their actual body. Then their genitals. What? What? People can be disqualified just based on their genitals. What? So if someone doesn't have an attractive... Uh, vagina or penis oh my situation God. then then they can be rejected there and then and then like the thing has to lift and they have to walk away like completely Wait, naked. so even if you reject someone they continue to raise the thing all the way up so you see their face yeah <gasps> i will watch this at it's, least one episode <laughs> i think i need to watch it because i'm so fascinated but i also can't bear it it sounds so, so absurd some people get rejected just off of their tits like oh wow it's just a whole thing I can't just, believe that kind of show got made. I know. Wow. It's okay. really amazing. <laughs> so, there's so many opportunities for creativity in the world still. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to take one last break. When we get back, I have a billion Twitter questions. Some really oh, yeah. good stuff for you. Your favorite place. Uh, <laughs> some questions from a lot of people. We'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Not Too Deep.
appreciate so much your Playboy article. Thanks. You're fully dressed and it's just very thoughtful and tasteful and it's not retouched and it's just very cool. Were you surprised that they agreed to all of these ideas? No, because I um I I'm lucky that I'm in a position of power now where I just don't do anything unless I Good. get my own way. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like a bit of an asshole, but it's true. So I was like, I will, uh, you know, I, I think what you're doing with this magazine is really cool. I will agree to do the interview and the photo shoot if I can shoot it my way. Yeah. Uh, no Photoshop in some suits that I have mm-hmm. uh, and uh, just very natural and like a man and um, where nothing is, cool. nothing is showing, nothing's tight, nothing's making me feel self-conscious. I just want to be comfortable and yep. shot like a guy and also I want to guest edit the entire issue amazing. and they were so cool about it and I had such an amazing experience picking all of my favorite creators and writers and cool. Ashley C. Ford did the interview and Quinta B's in it and oh, love uh, Patrick Stewart Sir Patrick Stewart's randomly in it like, what? Yeah. <laughs> just, just my my brain was downloaded oh. onto Playboy and we got to we got to create this wonderful issue about free speech that's incredible what an amazing opportunity. Yeah. And also just like what a powerful message to have Playboy and this go hand in hand. I think so. I think we're all about progress, not perfection. I mm-hmm. sure as shit am because yeah. I'm always in progress. Um, that's why I call myself a feminist in progress. And <laughs> I think that they were super problematic. And and I think what they've done with their brand post-Hugh mm-hmm. um, passing away is just so inspiring and interesting. The conversations they have, the articles mm-hmm. that... The, the fact that they let me put, I got to choose my own playmate and oh, I amazing. chose a young, a young woman who has one leg. And wow. so they have you know, incorporating disability and That's amazing. fat positivity and uh, the trans positivity in this new wave of Playboy. So cool. Very yeah. cool. What a great opportunity. Thanks. Um, okay, before we get into these Twitter questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that yeah. is on the podcast. The first is, who, alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at? Um, I mean, currently Boris Johnson. Okay. The leader of mm-hmm. my country. <laughs> for mis- mishandling Corona uh-huh. so horrendously yep. and putting loads of businesses and people in jeopardy and the safety of our country in totality and yep. his stupid fucking theory on herd immunity. <laughs> uh, so I want to throw cold spaghetti at Boris Johnson. That's good. And you could still maintain some social distance while doing exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The other question is to um, tell us your worst pants shitting story or close call, but you can only use three words words or three small phrases. So mine is college jogging front lawn. Okay. Um mine is Oh, I like that you have one immediately. <laughs> uh Oh god, so only three words or three phrases? Three words or three small phrases or some combination. Okay, okay fine. I'm going to try. <laughs> uh Okay, so shot all over the road. <laughs> For two hours, oh. ran home naked. Oh my! This sounds like the start of uh, a really fun, like female empowering movie. <laughs> it was nothing empowering about that situation. It was only degrading. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. It was also only a couple of years ago. Okay. <laughs> you continue to be relatable. <laughs> oh God. Again, nothing relatable about that story. Ran home in America. Pussy out. Wow. Covered in my own shit. Wow. Again, something that builds your character to a point that the small shit won't, for lack of a better word, affect you as much. Yeah, it was a great perspective giver. Yeah, you've been through it. Um, Okay, let's get into these Twitter questions. Someone wants to know, what is a product or cause that you wish celebrities would use their platform to promote? Mm. I know what I don't want them to promote. (laughs) Uh, climate change. Yeah. We should all be talking about climate change mm-hmm. all the fucking time. Yeah. We should use all of our interviews to talk about mental health and climate change. Mm-hmm. But right now we're in an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I honestly can't believe that it isn't spoken about more. Yeah. I, I don't know 
how or why, and I'm worried that it gets pushed aside because the focus shifts to something else. Well, also they keep taking their private jets. So they're afraid yeah. of being called out for their mm-hmm. blatant hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, but also, I guess there's that new wave of people over the last four years being like, shut up, celebrities. We don't want to hear your opinions. It's like, you hired a reality TV star <laughs> as your president. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. that's, like, you do care about what celebrities think. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a celebrity in the fucking White House. Yeah. It's absolutely true. So it's uh, so bizarre. Um, so yeah, the environment. Okay. Um, someone says you lose a lot of anonymity when you're famous. Does becoming famous so quickly feel like a shock to your system? Uh, yes, it does. Especially yeah. if you are an introvert who never wanted to be famous or wanted to be in this industry. I sort of fell into this industry. So it definitely felt very invasive and cumbersome. But the first time around when I became famous just in England, Mm -hmm. it was much worse because I was pretending to be someone that I wasn't. Mm. Now that I am being completely myself all the time and I turn up covered in food or that looks like I'm covered in cum I no, swear it's you, not cum it's either just, way it's, it's just yogurt it's, 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 this is wow this is really dirty I haven't bathed in like a week no you're doing um, quarantine correctly I showered this morning because of this like I haven't showered the entirety of the week well that's great but I uh, I guess now that I don't really feel I have anything to hide it feels less invasive but it's definitely strange to mm-hmm. especially to have your look scrutinized that's really oh, constantly weird. yeah yeah it's, obsessively and especially do you find that now that you're speaking out you know it, positively about bodies that there's more scrutiny on you physically or do you find, no really? no one dares the media don't dare because I'm so really? fucking annoying my full <laughs> like not my full nipple but <laughs> at, some of my nipple was out in every single photograph of the Emmys no one mentioned it <laughs> really no one would dare fuck with me <laughs> but that's kind of nice to have but a she's boundary out. now she's out just peeking over the top <laughs> just having her moment in every sink 100% of the I'm Emmys like, photograph let her do it I the think this might be nipple. purposeful yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's making a political statement. Yeah, she's baiting us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no, no, I, I don't. And also people know I don't care about their opinion on my looks. Yeah, that is interesting, right? So the, you've taken you your power back yeah. in a way. And so people now have no need to try and cut you down. That's yeah. so strange yeah. how that works. I mean, it's nice that they don't attack you anymore, scrutinize. Yeah. But at the same time, it takes you having to like stand up for yourself over and over again to get them to back off. Exactly. Exactly. Oof. Um, okay, given all the philosophy and morals underlying the writing of The Good Place, what idea did the show present that has stuck with you the most? Uh, the idea... There are two. The bigger, more philosophical one is just the clever underlying message of The Good Place, which, which couldn't be more important right now which Mm -hmm. is that you take people from different walks of life from different backgrounds uh, with very different personalities different interests and uh, different traumas Mm -hmm. and the only way that they can all get to a better place is if they put their differences aside and work together Mm. and I think that that is an amazing analogy for what the world needs to do is that in this moment where we're being so politically divided and turned against each other and uh, the the blame is constantly being shifted amongst us rather than at the powers that be, Mm -hmm. we need to put our differences aside and stop with the Olympics, the hate Olympics that are Mm -hmm. going on right now and the oppression Olympics and this, that and the other. We need to to be able to work together and we need to figure this out because the system that's supposed to protect us is the one that is hurting us, so we're Mm going to have to do this ourselves. Um, And then also just Tahani's obsession with other people liking her Mm. was an extra reminder for me that if I care about other people's opinions, I'll probably end up in hell. So if I'm going to hell, I'm going on my own fucking terms. (laughs) Um, and so it, it that pushed me further to not care about wow. other people's approval. That must have been oddly therapeutic then, playing mm-hmm. this part and being able to see the dissimilar aspects of it or to yeah. see like the actual like repercussions played out in this fantasy world. Yeah. That's very cool in a way. Um, which moments or reactions give you the feeling that what you're doing is inspiring and changing people's lives? Wait, I'm sure. Wait, I, say that again. Which moments or reactions? I'm assuming they mean like when people reach out to you or they react to something that you've said or work that you've created. Uh, what? Which ones give you the feeling that you're doing what you're doing is inspiring? Uh, I think 
I get stopped by women every day mm-hmm. and uh, it's never a conversation about anything other than their eating disorder or mm-hmm. or how they've learned to come to terms with their rape. And so I have very, very, very meaningful conversations with complete strangers where they tell me their secrets. And, and a girl said to me in a supermarket recently, um, I started eating again because of you. Wow. And so she hadn't been eating for years. She was so, so thin and uh, was struggling with anorexia and she burst into tears and we just had a, a pre-isolation hug. Oh. When you could still touch strangers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, th- I guess that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of letters. I get a lot of letters and um, that's nice, but there's just, I still don't feel like any of my work has done. There's so much to do. And these, and yeah. also it's just mostly what it is, is rather than a reminder that I'm inspiring, it's a reminder of like how fucked this world world is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how young some of these girls are really messes with my head. Yeah. Because you're just like, oh no, you shouldn't be thinking about this at all. Right, you're too young. There's so many things you're missing out yeah. on right now by being so imprisoned in your own thought How clouds. are you as damaged by 13 as I was by the age of 25? Yeah, it's because yeah. I grew up on the internet. So yeah, but I guess that's, that's a really nice part of mm-hmm. what I do. That's great. And I think that's so helpful for young women to be able to see that in you, even though there's, you know, a 10 plus year age gap, there's still like such relatability. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that you miss about living in the UK? Oh, well, I miss the sweet stuff. Obviously, <laughs> uh, I miss our TV because I think we have wonderful television mm. and I miss my friends. All my friends, I'd say 95% of my friends are people that I met at the age of 19 really before I was in this industry Mm. and so uh those are the people that I really really miss and they're all still in the UK not all of them I've slowly but surely dragged everyone (laughs) to Los Angeles so I'm managing like two friends a year I'm managing to get them into the country (laughs) to come over here and work with me it's a long plan a long con oh yeah I'm in the long game but I love America and I want to live here for many years and I just got my green card so congratulations thank you yeah and so I'm happy here but I'm going to need to find a way to combine both worlds. <laughs> yeah, slowly build, have more guest rooms in your house and slowly lower them over. Also, afternoon tea. Have you ever had British afternoon tea? I have not. It is fucking unbelievable. I don't know what it is <laughs> really? about a crustless, tiny mm, sandwich yeah. that just changes your day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's only got cucumber and butter in it and it's just the greatest thing that's happened it's like a mini orgasm inside your mouth I, I understand philosophically the joy it can bring uh it is yeah there's something very dainty and delightful about it oh you just feel like a lucky giant with a t- <laughs> t- t- tiny sandwich in your hand uh someone wants to know your favorite taylor swift song my favorite Taylor Swift song. Oh God, I don't know. What's my favorite Taylor Swift song? I think that new song, If I Was the Man, I'd oh, Be the yeah. Man, is really cool. Oh yeah, her prosthetics in that music video were pretty incredible. Oh yeah, they were amazing. I also really liked Shake It Off. Yeah. That's my favorite Taylor Swift it's song. A, it's a classic. It's great. Yeah, I love that song. She writes bops. Yeah. You can't deny that. Um, would you rather sweat sunscreen or not be able to tell the difference between a muffin and a baby? I'd rather sweat sunscreen because I'd eat that baby. <laughs> that baby's getting eat. Yeah, the, so. the, if you took the latter, it would create terrible social situations. Yeah. Uh, but sweating sunscreen. I fucking love muffins. Like, it's just <laughs> super dangerous. That will be very problematic yeah. for you. Okay, yeah. so easy, easy decision. Yeah. What is your favorite thing to do on a rainy day? Um, I just want to be, be the big old little spoon with my boyfriend. <laughs> I don't mean that sexually. I just yeah, mean in a sort of like a clothes on spoon <laughs> uh, watching Netflix with him. Oh, that's very nice. There's something very safe and comforting. Um, what's been the harshest thing someone has ever said to you online? Oh, this fucking bitch online started a rumor that I have Munchausen's. Oh, that's uh, fun. Yeah, she pieced together like all these interviews of mine over the last 11 years and put them in this weird order and uh, took things completely out of context. There was a point where she took two different car accidents that I had, claimed that they were the same car accident. My two stories about them uh-huh. were about the same one accident, which makes me look like a complete 
that you're just telling or lies. like a psychotic liar yeah right. uh, but they're two different car accidents 13 years apart uh, just a ableist asshole who started this rumor that because the internet hadn't had any shit on me uh-huh. the internet just ran with because they love a conspiracy theory I mean look at Oprah at the moment yeah Oprah oh, had to address God. that that theory I, I no longer feel bad for myself after I saw what Oprah got fucking that's accused unreal. of that's and yeah. Tom Hanks is now being accused of stuff in like Pizzagate you're just like it's just mad so but that one hurt because I've been sick my whole life mm-hmm. and so uh, to have my health, my physical health and my mental health uh, attacked like that, but also to know how much that effect affected other people with invisible disabilities mm-hmm. and and also to watch Munchausen's become a punchline. It's like, that's a serious illness. Yeah. People have that. People have to live with people who have that. It's mm-hmm. really scary. Yeah. And so it's not funny. It's not a joke. So that that was the one thing that really, that's the only thing that has ever managed to hurt my feelings. Ugh. But that's because it like hurt the kid that didn't, know if they were going to survive to be an adult. Right, 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 right. Ugh, I'm sorry. That's awful. No, it's all right. I have A-list Anderson syndrome, so we look healthy on the outside, mm-hmm. but we are incredibly accident prone, incredibly uh, injury prone. Uh, so it's the same thing. And yeah. uh, we are incredibly sick. Yeah. And, it's just and you've had this since you were a child? I was born with it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, and there's so many invisible diseases that so many people, you know, have... It, it, it's just, you know, the boxes you in on how you're able to talk about it because you're begging people to believe you. Like I know, it's, and it's really stressful. And even doctors don't believe some people. I'm really, really? lucky. I got I got diagnosed super young, so I've always mm. had people believe me. But, yeah. oh, my God. It's crazy. Yeah. So that was the one thing that I was like, oh, fuck you yeah. to the internet and to that woman. Yeah. Well, good. Stand your ground. I mean, and also you're standing up for so many other people that experience the same things, that face the same, like discrimination in like their actual you know physicality it's also also so dumb like what am i what am i doing what are people like me (laughs) doing what is this what are you what are you you taking down here someone who oh she's stopping the teenagers from taking the laxatives gotta take this bitch down (laughs) she's fighting for women's rights let's take her down we need to expose this bitch oh no she's making people feel less bad about their suicidal thoughts or their mental health problems uh, keeping teenagers from building a traumatic emotional scars that they'll carry for the rest of their lives lifting back the curtain on the lies of Hollywood. <laughs> Take her down. Shoot her. Enough uh, is so enough. So fucking stupid. Wow. Yeah. It's so, I mean, that's like the classic internet of a something, someone lights like a piece of black, uh, grass on fire and then a wildfire just starts because mm-hmm. of it. And you're like, I did, I what? I didn't ask for this. I no, I saw it going around on the internet and I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, well, in line with that, someone wants to know, um, someone says that she has the same genetic disease um, and she'd like to hear about how you deal with a demanding schedule as well as a demanding body. It's fucking hard. Yeah. And you have to work twice as hard as everyone else uh, just to get out of bed in the morning. And I have to put my legs up against walls uh, throughout the day because the my legs swell. Uh, okay. Uh, by about 11 a.m. the swelling starts wow. every single day, whether Jeez. I'm on heels or not. And you have to be very, very, very protective. So I won't do action films or Mm. I won't do action sequences even. Mm -hmm. I don't play any contact sports. I don't work out. Uh, I just walk. That's all I can do is just walk gently. Wow. Otherwise I'll dislocate something or get hurt. Right, right, right. My recovery time is like three times longer than a normal person. So you have to treat yourself with cotton wool and you have to not be mad at your body you have to thank your body for everything it's doing in spite of the a-list down syndrome and you have mm. to be honest with yourself about your limitations because mm. if you try and push past or put a brave face on you will be punished so badly later on yeah so like it is hard and you just have to think of yourself as a legend every day for getting out of bed that's great i mean that's that is all you can do mm-hmm. and i feel like you have a lot of those kind of messages on iway just reminding people to thank their bodies for yeah. the, the things you're able to do. Well, we're deliberately never taught to feel grateful about anything that we have. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'll stop buying stuff. Right. We'll stop consuming. Yeah. As soon as we think we have enough, we'll stop buying. Right. As soon as we think we don't need to fix something, mm-hmm. then what do we need anything for? Um, is Kristen Bell a good kisser? I didn't kiss her. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I guess I Sophie no just idea. assumes <laughs> that maybe behind the scenes. Um, okay. Paragon of Androgyny wants to know, describe your ideal role either in a series or on big screen and what message would you want that character to send? 
oh, I just want to be in anything that Phoebe Waller-Bridge writes. Oh, yeah. Basically, just any <laughs> any of her next observational comedies I would love to be in. And uh, I just want to continue being a South Asian who doesn't have to play any South Asian stereotypes. Oh, yeah. I just want to keep breaking new ground for South Asians. And I loved that Tahani got to play the the sort of sex symbol type-ish figure because yeah. normally you don't see a South Asian in that role. That's why I'm so happy for Kamail. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I <laughs> love that he's a first trap on the yeah, internet and it's just like I've not in my lifetime it's, seen a South Asian man it's amazing. held up as like, you know, like doing the photo shoots and men's health as yeah. Wolverine. It meant so much to me. I was like, shit, we've never seen a superhero oh, that's who's incredible. an Indian man. We've never seen a sex symbol who's an yeah. Indian man like or Pakistan man sorry uh, and so uh that was really uh that's really cool that's so, yeah. amazing yeah okay last question except your family uh or friends who past or present would you most like to be in quarantine with oh so except for my family and friends yeah so no family or friends yeah, who yeah. past or present would you most like to be in quarantine with Let me think. This is a good question. <laughs> such, it's such a joyous, good question. Um, God, there's so many people. I like that you're I taking love. this very seriously. Well, so, so, well, this is this is a contract. This is going to be set in stone. This will happen. I think it's Joan Rivers, and I know she was a massive bitch, but I don't care. No, I think I you think guys would so have funny. a blast it's together. Either it, you know what? Even more than Joan Rivers. Oh God, it's it's a t- it's a very good tie between Joan Rivers and Wanda Sykes. Those are two okay. of my favorite women. But seeing as Wanda Sykes is alive, yeah. I'm more likely to be able to do this with me. <laughs> I would quarantine with one with Wanda Sykes any day of the fucking week. Amazing. There's nothing that woman does that doesn't make me more and more in love with her. I I feel like this could be a web series that happens during the actual quarantine. <laughs> oh my god. Um, thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. Before we wrap up completely, um, every guest guess it's on the podcast gets a personalized fortune cookie from us to you cool um and you can open it you don't have to eat it obviously oh it has got a fortune i thought it was fortune this cookie (laughs) i was like you bitch that's Um, our fun prank okay okay thank you for being a guest editor for playboy as to really give evidence the lie i read it for the articles yep you're bringing it back. We're allowed to say that genuinely now. Yay. Thank you. Uh, where can people find the podcast and everything that you're working on if they don't already know? You can find the podcast on Earwolf. It's on Stitcher. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's wherever you get your bloody podcasts. And we start April 3rd. Amazing. And you're just your name on Twitter, everything, right? My name, Jamila Jamil on Twitter. My name, Jamila Jamil official on Instagram because a six-year-old boy from Syria took my name. Uh, so. <laughs> But that's what I get for joining Instagram in 2016. There you so, go. Um, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Thank you again so much. This was so fun. And we'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. It was Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. Music